0: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen to Spilled Popcorn, the web series where we dive into the latest and greatest TV shows and movies of our time. Here to spill that popcorn with me once again is Cam Possible. What's going on? And I am Kerplunk here to chat about episode two dose of the falcon and the winter soldier you see if you've caught our to our web series for the first time today we have done the entire series of wandavision as our debut series and now we're going hard into falcon and the winter soldier so cam we're two episodes in there's only six episodes so that means four to go do you have a sense already where this story is going
1: I mean, I have senses about certain things. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have a total sense of like where this ends, but I, I'm picking up a little bit of what they're what they're laying down here.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. So you're seeing the crumbs. You're seeing the foundation being laid here.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I still I still have some questions about. You know, I think I said last episode that I expect Sam to end up as Captain America by the end of the show. I I, I don't know if this episode helps or hurts that theory, um, this episode was interesting for a lot of different reasons. They dropped a lot of different um, sense, but nothing that really leads me towards, like, what is the ultimate resolution going to look like? So I'm still very intrigued at this point.
0: I gotcha. I think you're on the right path. That has to be his story arc, right? That has to be it, that he will pick up the shield once more by the end of this six-episode arc. At least one would hope, right? I don't see how they get out of this without him grabbing that shield and throwing it straight at the camera. Uh, but maybe they have maybe they'll do it. Maybe they've got something else up their sleeve, as they often do. But let's dive in. I want to talk about the unwrapping of this episode so we can remember what happened.
1: Let's unwrap it. Let's that was the it.
0: loudest unwrapping we've had. It might
1: be. It's a new record. To-
0: Took that way too close to the microphone. (laughs) And I'm going to try to wear this Captain America mask throughout the entire unwrapping. Let's see. And you'll have a stress
1: fracture on your skull by the end of it, probably.
0: (laughs) That's right. And for the second half of the episode, I will have lines (laughs) all across my face, uh, which will also be very exciting. So this episode is pretty straightforward. I have to say pretty straightforward. We start with a flashback of uh, not too far back, but just a brief, a brief resettling of what's going on with John Walker. Uh, John Walker is played by Wyatt Russell, a.k.a. Kurt Russell's son. So that's kind of nuts, because as we know, Kurt Russell played Ego uh, over in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, pretty fun stuff happening there. I wonder if we'll get his half sister, Kate Hudson, to join the MCU and Goldie on. Let's bring her into the fold. Let's just, I just complete want the, whole... the whole
1: group. Maybe they could be the fantastic four. I don't know.
0: Oh my goodness. I no, love they that. They can't be.
1: There's a lot of reasons that they can't be. <laughs> uh, but we won't go there.
0: That's fine. That's fine. But we start with uh, with more exposition. So We're in a bit of an exposition rut with this show, two episodes in. Obviously, we need exposition in every single episode to drive the plot forward, to know where we were coming from and where we're going. But usually we have a bit more of creativity with Marvel's MCU style. I'm not seeing that just yet. I'm not seeing that despite this, their intro to this episode is golden. It's golden. It's unique. It's creative. It's fun. And we see, uh, John Walker, he's donning the suit of captain America. He's a little concerned. He's worried that he's not worthy of it, but he knows it's the job. He knows he's been selected and he's going to do his best. So I love the vibe that's coming off of that. Now, I was mortified of how Wyatt Russell looked in episode one at the end of it with that mask on. Um, Similar to the meme that we shared on our Discord channel uh, of what it looked like. Uh, Cam, can you share the comparison? What what was it?
1: Oh, with the, uh, the guy from Up? Carl from Uff, yeah, that's Carl, right. yeah. <laughs> they
0: like slapped that on his face and it just looked identical and that's kind of that's exactly what Wyatt Russell looked like at the end <laughs> of episode one but for some reason in episode two doesn't look like that um I probably look like that right now a little bit because it's very <laughs> it's very squishy the the mask is very it's the squishy chin strap,
1: man I think I don't know. The chin strap wasn't doing him any favors. I think he does wear the chin strap in this one, but it must've been laying better this time. I don't know.
0: Right, right. Maybe the intention was to make you to like push it forward to really squish his, his beautiful jawline uh, brought to you by Kurt Russell, his dad. So we'll see. We'll see if that continues, but he's looking good. I dig his vibe. I dig his style. Uh, And there's also these weird traces of his hidden agenda. Uh, Very brief, very sprinkled in, but very intentional. I will say. So that was kind of nice to see. Uh, not that he's in it for the wrong reasons, because that's why we had that nice flashback at the beginning. But I sense that there's, you know, more about John Walker than I do, but maybe there's like a sleeper, I don't know, Manchurian candidate thing going on here. That's, that's what the, my first gut Yeah. Feeling I mean, is. I
1: think they're just trying to tell us like, this is not Steve Rogers. You know, yeah. this is a guy. He, he probably has the right intention, but, um, he is different. He has a different way of handling his business. And so we're going to continue to learn more about that. So I actually, like you said, I really like what they're doing with this character. I really like the performance from Wyatt Russell, who I thought was far and away the standout performer of this episode. And I'm excited to see where he goes.
0: Excellent, excellent. We get a big, long fight scene against the Flag Smashers on the top of a train. Uh, that's kind of the feature of this episode. Uh, the other big pieces of this episode is we meet a, a secret super soldier named Isaiah, uh, which uh, Bucky had met in uh, in a previous war. I believe it was the Korean War. And um, basically he kept him a secret from everyone hadn't told anyone about it so kind of a sneaky tactic by Marvel to be like oh look here's one but at the same time I love the actor playing Isaiah so I'm fine with it as long as we get more of him throughout the rest of this series Uh, then we also have uh, a a portion of this where Amy Aquino the therapist uh, she has got them both in therapy kind of some good gimmicky fun where, where they press their knees together and they have to stare each other in the eyes and go through some kind of couple therapy bucky and sam wilson and we we get to like the bottom of uh of their true feelings i feel like we could have got a little bit deeper there It's still a little surface level but i'm hoping that we extrapolate that that uh, extrapolate on that see i can't talk because the the mask is squeezing it's squee- my yeah, brain it's squeezing so thoughts. tight yeah I've i mean gotten.
1: going back to like your whole too much exposition thing this is this is a something that i've had a problem with with this show is like them trying to make the Bucky and Sam Wilson feud a thing still like, I don't see why that's really necessary. I mean, they, they had it in civil war. It made sense. Then Sam was obviously not eager to trust Bucky based on his whole winter soldier shenanigans, um, which makes sense. But like now they fought side by side numerous times. They were enemies of the state together. Like, they have been through it. I'm surprised that we're still going through this path, and, and to be to be frank, I it's it's not ultra believable. It's just not at this point. Like I, I I thought that those scenes where they're like duking it out were like among the less believable scenes in the whole episode
0: definitely definitely I think that in Civil War some of the best comedic timing I've seen uh, throughout the entire MCU uh, we see them in in the back of the car while uh, Cap is out chatting with uh, uh, with someone and Sharon Sharon, (laughs) that's right and he's like can you move your seat up he's like no And Bucky says or no uh, Sam Wilson says I hate you yeah it's great like that whole
1: that whole bit is great and like I said like it makes sense there but now it's like They even had, like, they shared that intimate moment at the end of Endgame with Steve Rogers where he's, like, you know, everybody was sort of expecting Bucky to get the shield and Sam gets it. Like, I just don't understand where the beef is. I I guess it's because Sam gave up the shield and so now there's new beef there. But still, it's just, like, you guys have fought together. You guys are Avengers. Like, let's figure this out.
0: Right, right. I feel like in uh, in one division, we got such a deeper dive on an emotional level. Um, but maybe it's because we had a woman at the realm. and we we've got these two guys who are afraid to really share their feelings uh, and really be able to express how they feel., uh, but at the same time, they are some pretty big talkers. they 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 speak a lot. So, we got to get there fast. We got to get there quickly. I don't want to see any more of these, uh, these little quips at each other unless they're like short ones. And to the point, like basically like, uh, like ribbing each other for like maybe a fight, a fight move or something. That's okay. But if it's the entire episode, it loses its specialness. You're, you're head on, your spot on right there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm just, like you said, we're a third of the way through the show. Like, we got a boogie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. So let's talk about the butter. Now, I want to talk about the meat of this episode and kind of what uh, what the foundation was laid as the next steps of this story of this six episode arc. Um, there's no shortage of action. Um, and what's the, what's best about that is MCU has always had fantastic stunt coordinators, um, stunt choreographers, fight choreographers. What did you think about the fights in this episode?
1: I thought they were superb. I think this is where this show continues to excel. I think as an action show, it's top-notch. I mean, it's better than what you see in most television series from an action perspective. It's it's well shot. It's it's really high production value. Um, so I'm loving that. And I think because it was less episodes and, and probably will end up being a little bit shorter on runtime than WandaVision was when all said and done, too, even though WandaVision was, like, closer to 30-minute episodes. um, Mm -hmm. They got to pour a little bit more of that budget into the fight sequences. And, you know, like this one, they're fighting on top of those, like, semi-trucks and, you know, hanging onto the side of them, and it's just sick. So I I love it. I think as long as they keep that going every episode, I'll keep coming back.
0: I loved how many cars that they destroyed. Like, they kept... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they yeah, kept dude. getting like kicked off cars and landing on the windshields. Cars, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I loved it. I absolutely loved that part. But I'm thinking, like, if you're driving and you see all these people standing up on a train, why are you getting so close? Because they were total strangers every single time. You never saw the driver. And I was like, how How is this happening? I love it. It's a great shot, and it caught me <laughs> off guard. I think all three times that it happened. But I'm like, dude, also, back
1: up off that train. Yeah. And also, I feel like at one point. If I remember correctly, um, John Walker, like, throws Lamar Hoskins onto the hood of a car as, like, a soft landing, and I'm like, dude, if he's being thrown off of one moving vehicle onto another moving vehicle that's going, like, 45 (laughs) miles an hour plus, like... Nothing about that landing is soft. (laughs) No,
0: no, 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 man. I love that we got so much of the shield throw in this episode as well. That was super cool. Uh, You get to see uh, John Walker's training as kind of like a brief kind of documentary style of of him, like throwing it against different targets. That was super cool. Uh, I love that Bucky caught it with his vibranium arm throwback to winter soldier. Very fun stuff that, that they're throwing in there. And those are the things that we want to see With new action, new plot development, new, especially character development. Because when we think back to WandaVision, we think of who we know, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch, who we know as Wanda Maximoff, where we know her from endgame to the end of WandaVision are two completely different people. Absolutely. that's even be- before we hit episode four. We're like, what's going on? Who is this? We get so much new stuff uh, in each of those those intimate moments between her and uh, Vision. So we're not getting that just yet. Uh, and you have to compare it because it's the second. It's the second It's the, only,
1: it's the only proxy we have, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's all yeah. we've got. And it's almost like
0: you know they did it so perfectly in that show. They got to get there here, too. So they've got some catching up to do. They got some catching up to do. Um, I, one thing that they that they introduced in this particular episode is potentially the big bad of this series. Um, he could be a big bad, but he could also be turned into like a, a villain turned ally a la uh, Loki in some of the uh, the MCU movies as well as we get Zemo. He is back um, set up kind of weak uh he's locked in a cell do we have an idea cam of of from the comics of what zemo can be and is to the avengers uh post capture
1: i mean i always view zemo as a big bad i mean i think he's one of the biggest bads i you know he ends up becoming um a superhuman uh through, in, in, later on through the Ooh. Moonstones in a, in a weirder plot line, he gets superhuman abilities. So I don't know if they'll go that route here, but he is one of the more prominent villains. I mean, he's, he's a villain that even casual comic fans, I think, tend to know that name and, and know that look of the purple face mask. Um, so yeah, he's, he's in, he's a real threat an Avengers level threat. I think we learned that in civil war. So, I was surprised to hear that they were going to go, you know, they kind of teed up at the end as they're going to go talk to Zemo because the Flag Smashers appear to be a group of superhumans. And if there's anybody who knows superhumans better than anybody, it would be Zemo based on his exploits from from Captain America Civil War and before that. But um, I'm very intrigued by this because... If anyone should super hate Zemo, it should be uh, Bucky because Bucky was framed for the explosion at the UN um, that killed, you know, King T'Chaka. So it's like, I don't know. I was was surprised that that's how we get intro to Zemo in this, but I'm definitely intrigued to see where they go.
0: Right. And so at the end of civil war, we see Zemo just off all of those super soldiers, like in that little temple thing. Right. So now we know we have Isaiah out here who's been uh, living as a, uh, as a refugee essentially. And uh, of course we have Bucky and now we have the, the flag smashers. We have a super soldier within their team where's the serum coming from is one of the questions that they ask who is producing this is this our introduction to X-Men somehow wrapped in winter soldier and Falcon.
1: It could be. I mean, I think (laughs) the X-Men have their hands in everything that has to do with Marvel. That's why it's so funny. I think, um, any of these stories could tie in the X-Men because they're such a prominent piece and it's actually hilarious to think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made it this far without even the slightest mention of the X-Men so far. Um, So yeah, definitely. I think what I'm watching for is that over the course of the comics, there are multiple different attempts to recreate the original, um, you know, superhuman serum. Uh, So... This could be one of those offshoots. This could be, you know, any number of things. And, you know, they go out of their way to say that John Walker does is not an enhanced individual, you know, which I find very interesting because in the comics, he does have superpowers. He gets them through one of those offshoot superhero serum uh, groups called Power Broker. Um, So maybe this becomes a thirst for power thing for John Walker at some point. He's and his real motive with the flag smashers is twofold. It's both to, you know, elevate his status and be like, "Hey, where can I get some of the super juice?" you know, like that that could be part of the story too. So, it's it's very interesting.
0: I love that path, that this one is a, is a battle, uh, a power struggle, a literal power struggle. So feeling not at, not good enough to be Steve Rogers, who was a super enhanced human, where he feels that the only way he could do his job is to take the best parts of him and enhance them. That would be fantastic. But what if that corrupts the mind? What if a specific version of the serum makes you a little bit edgier, makes you more selfish, uh, something of the, of that sort? Uh, I don't know John Walker's arc, so let's let's speculate. Let's dive into the crumbs. I want to know: Do you what, what's what's all the details of, of John Walker? Does he become a villain when once he's a super uh, uh, human? Does he um, is he a sleeper agent and doesn't know it? Does he get woken up with the Bucky activation hypnosis? What do you know, Cam?
1: Yeah, so like I said, John Walker gets his powers from uh, basically. Uh, underground kind of science group a group of mad scientists uh, they're using a group called Power Broker and they give people super soldier serum like their own version of it it's not it's not the super soldier serum that Captain America gets to be clear it's a right. different version of that but basically gives them the same types of abilities Uh, superhuman enhanced strength, enhanced speed, enhanced agility, things like that. The things that you would expect a captain America type person to have. Um, but they also like mess with people in a lot of ways. Like they give them, um, they give them drugs that like unbeknownst to them, basically make them mind controlled and things like that. So it's a shady group. So if, if they get introduced at some point, that's a red flag. If, if power broker comes into play, uh, that's a concern. But yeah, I mean, like I said before, I mean, John Walker, he's super patriot, then he's Captain America, and then he's U.S. agent, and, um, you know, he is, he does not get along with everybody, but he's not a bad dude, he just doesn't, his style is a little bit different, he doesn't jive with everybody, he likes to talk with his fists, and he isn't, you know, He's a leader, but a leader in a very different way than a Steve Rogers. So, like I said, he gets involved with a group called Force Works um, with Tony Stark. Even though Tony Stark wants nothing to do with him being in that group, Scarlet Witch sort of, um, like, ties the knots there to help, you know, get him on the team because she thinks he's a valuable asset. So... Um, He has an interesting past, but I I definitely wouldn't call him a villain, and the character that we got introduced to in this episode, Lamar Hoskins, um, also goes through the power broker process and adopts the moniker of Battlestar, uh, and and fights alongside um, John Walker during his Captain America days, and then goes on to do more superhero things of his own, so I think You know, I see lots of things online about people hating these guys. You know, for me, I I can tell that we're kind of supposed to not trust these guys because we just haven't really been given reason to trust them. But I feel like in this episode, I don't hate John Walker too much. And maybe that's just because I like kind of know who John Walker is from the comics a little bit. But like... John Walker and Lamar Hoskins are not rubbing me the wrong way in this episode. In fact, it just feels like it's a misunderstanding. And maybe these, maybe the four of these guys, you know, with the winter soldier and Falcon, um, can ultimately work together to accomplish the mission. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. And I just want to say that I love, uh, whoever is pe- playing Lamar Hoskins. Uh, yeah.
1: that's a really good dynamic.
0: Similar to uh, just Wyatt Russell just coming in after, you know, a decade of the MCU and just like fitting right in Lamar Hoskins says that line He's like, who are you? I'm Lamar Hoskins. You know, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good that they just they don't have uh, any struggles uh, being there on screen with these these big uh, these big monsters of the MCU, uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. To which I'd also like to say, why are we struggling so hard with the fight of superhumans when they fought the aliens of the world <laughs> of the universe? Like, I know there's always different like. Level ups uh, of of different uh, different planets and different stages of fatigue and confusion and getting caught off guard, but ultimately, if you fought Thanos, wouldn't you think that you could fight a superhuman too?
1: Yeah, but I mean, they had like a hundred more people.
0: <laughs> like, I got like you. sure
1: Falcon. Falcon, you know, has been involved in some missions where you know they, they fought uh, um, Crossbones in at the beginning of winners no Civil War. and or no, no. Age of Ultra? What am I what am Ultron, I? Ultra maybe? No, Civil War. It's Civil War. It's Civil War. They <laughs> they fight crossbones. He's an enhanced human human as well. So I mean But like I think the fact that there's no clear leader in that battle was a toughie because Falcon's trying to do his own thing, Bucky's trying to do his own thing, and here come John Walker and Lamar, and nobody's really comfortable with the situation. So I think part of the reason that they're just getting their tails whipped is that there's just no coordination whatsoever. But um, Mm. I think if they come up with a plan, they can certainly do it. But, I mean, Falcon will have trouble with people who are just enhanced, I would think, and especially if they're ground-based. like Especially... It looks like at some at some point Red Wing got, like, destroyed in this episode. So, oh, smashed to yeah. pieces, so yes. That's that's a concern for him as well, I would think. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, since they're going the route of John Walker not being a superhuman, Lamar Hoskins not being a superhuman to our knowledge, um, that makes this fight a little bit of a tougher battle for all of them.
0: I love what your, your insight there. I think you nailed it. You know, there's no leader they're fighting to figure out who is the leader in this duo. When there were three and they had Steve Rogers, it was always just clear. (laughs) He just took the reins. He was captain America. He created it. He was, he was the trailblazer, you know, and now they have to figure out, well, you're not going to say that you're the leader. I'm not going to say I'm the leader. What are we doing here? How do we move forward? So, So that part, when you really dissect it like that, very, a much more fascinating, uh, element to this episode. I feel like the direction didn't quite get there. Uh, it took us our entire episode to get there. So, uh, I feel like there, they have some, again, some clear, some clarifications to nail down for us uh, in episode three and forward. Uh, what would you like to see? Is there anything that you're, you're worried about, uh, going forward, or is there something that you really want to see in the next four episodes?
1: Well, I'm very interested in the Isaiah Bradley introduction. I I think that that's interesting for a lot of reasons. So, first of all, uh, they've kept Isaiah Bradley's storyline almost identical to the comics in every single way, in the sense that he was, uh, you know, a black army soldier who was experimented on, became a super soldier. You know, in the comics, he actually, for a very small period of time, becomes Captain America and then is. you know has a mission in Europe which is successful he's the only real like out of these black super soldiers that they experiment on he's the only one who survives all the missions and then he's promptly court-martialed for stealing the Captain America suit to complete his mission and so he spends some time in jail and I think that they alluded to that here um wow and that's why he's a bit bitter so they've kept that pretty much intact but here's what's really interesting about Isaiah Bradley and and more specifically his family. You've heard me talk about the Young Avengers a lot because they are laying tons of seeds for the Young Avengers. Um, yes. The young man who answered the door, in the captions it just says boy, but if you look on IMDb, his name is Eli Bradley, which would make him Elijah Bradley, which would make him Isaiah Bradley's grandson and one of the founding members of the Young Avengers so, um oh, man. who ends up who ends up in a more convoluted way, actually through a blood transfusion, um, he ends up becoming a super soldier. He has a he has a near-death experience with the Young Avengers. Um, because he actually he in order to get in the Young Avengers, he's a really cool superhero called Patriot. He throws like ninja stars and has a just a sick costume and a mask yes. that covers his whole face. I mean, he is cool. Um He actually is like so wanting to be a hero that he lies to the young Avengers and tells them he's a superhuman because he's Isaiah Bradley's grandson, but he actually has no abilities until he has a near-death experience and needs a blood transfusion from someone and gets it from his grandfather, Isaiah Bradley, and becomes a superhuman through that process. So, Oh my uh, goodness. We didn't see hardly any of Eli slash Elijah Bradley in this episode, but... I'm telling you, man, with, with Cassie Lang, Kate Bishop, Wiccan Speed, um, Kang the Conquerors coming into the fold, which has a very big role to play. And then maybe in the She Hulk show they introduce Hulkling. I don't know, like we're on a collision course with the Young Avengers and it's only a matter of time at this point.
0: That's coming. That's coming for sure, man. Oh, so, I missed. So, so to answer it. your
1: original question of what I want to see more of, that's what I want more of. That's like <laughs> the Young Avengers. I want the yeah. Young Avengers, and I want more of the Isaiah Bradley story. Like, I don't think they would have just introed him in this episode to not come full circle there. I think he deserves redemption in some way, and so I'm interested to see how they how they finish out that story arc.
0: And listen, Carl Umbley. Who plays Isaiah? He was an original cast member of Alias, uh, of Love JJ it. Abrams series. In almost every episode, and oh my goodness, he is good. He is good, man. And so he deserves this. He hasn't been on uh, a long-standing show like this uh, of that of that caliber since then. Uh, he's 100% acted in a hundred other uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, projects. But man. To have him enter the MCU like this, like that, that would be so cool he's cool. he's a baller he's a baller he's the right man for the job all right well that's all we have for you guys today thank you so much for joining us we will chat with you next week after episode three drops on disney plus don't forget to check out our regular podcast series called popcorn for breakfast where we dive into all sorts of different movies the latest and greatest there are one we're gonna play out with rhetoric our band here with original music and we will talk to you later
1: peace